Hi, everybody. My name is Mike Manning. And this is Trinity Gregor. And welcome back to Wired to Change. This is your source for expert small business coaching. Not only will we share with you our successes and our failures and our struggles, but we'll cut through the crap and give you what you need to know. There will be no coach speak here. There will be no Ivy League words, no big words. You will know exactly what we're saying when we talk to you. Except... I really think that maybe some people could get out of thesaurus because I would like to drop a couple big words. Okay, that's fair. Okay. We'll, we'll like have 5%. Okay, we'll have a word of the day. Okay. A word to change word of the day. Awesome. We'll get that. But uh, uh, anyways, welcome back to the show. We are, we are new to this. We're not new to coaching, not new to training, not new to hiring and all that, but we're new to officially being a business coach. And if you go to wiredtochange.com. With the number two. You will find out more about us and kind of our programs we have set up, and we are all on this journey together. So a lot of things we learn uh, as we go along, we will share with you and would love mm-hmm. feedback from everybody as well on that. We were talking about the what's we were. in business. Mm-hmm. Let's okay. finish up all on right. that. So we talked earlier, previous episode, about what are our goals and what do we do to be successful. We talked about networking, getting the words out and everything. But what were some of the best decisions? Well, let's talk about us. What are some of the best decisions we've made so far to grow this business to where it is right now? Well, finding you, of and, course. And I was going to say finding uh-huh. you, and yes, yeah, it's yeah. sappy, but it's true, people, it so is. deal with it. <laughs> so finding a great partner yeah. definitely was paramount. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one of the things that we did really well is that we came up with a concept, and we didn't ruminate on it. Oh. Is that too big of a word? No, but if you explain it for us okay. SEC graduates, we, if you'll we did not, it, yeah. We didn't hem and haw. We just <laughs> dove right in there. And really, from concept until ex- execution, yeah. it's been less than four months. Oh, yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. Um, we got our first client within less than four months. We um, had our website built, everything ready, set mm-hmm. up, and now are launching our the next arm, which is the podcast. So I feel like that's pretty good for... Yeah. A short period of time. And you add on to that that I decided, I can't decide which came first, deciding to plan a wedding or start this business, but I've been doing them both in the same No, time. you've been planning weddings since you're 15. No. Isn't that what girls do? Uh-uh. Not me, man. Not I, I okay. said from the time that I knew what marriage was, I never wanted to get married. That's why everyone is so shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody uh-huh. calls and said, Trinity's getting married, and their first answer is, is, is she sick? Yeah, <laughs> is, she is she okay? <laughs> <laughs> but in, in a lot of decisions go into starting a new business, and a lot of it is, that's a great point you brought up, a lot of it is, if you can't explain what you do to somebody, how in the world can they refer you? And we struggle with that, and I know you do as a realtor. Mm-hmm. Uh, background on Trinity with uh, Hunter Rowe. She hired and trained most of the Hunter Rowe agents in the Triangle area right now. And if you can't explain what you do to people, they're not going to be able to do that. And I know you've come across people that probably had trouble explaining what they were with a realtor, right? Yeah, and with real estate agents and there's other businesses that I've worked with, financial service professionals, there are thousands of us out there. We're yeah. like cockroaches. So if you, Oh, yeah. I'm sure I'm making up this number, but there's probably 15,000 licensed people. Yes. And we'll talk a lot of things, folks. We'll help you do anything uh-huh. you want. But if you have a desire, and this is just free advice from me, not from Trinity, I don't think. 
if you want to get your real estate license and only do it part-time, don't. Right. Because you'll never make any money Mm because you won't outwork anybody. If you think, oh, the market's so good, which is what happened right before 2008. Mm -hmm. Oh, the economy's so good. I'm going to get my license. I'll just put a sign up in the yard and it'll sell in four hours and I'll make $10,000 a month. Doesn't happen. Not even close. So (laughs) if you think about wanting to do it part-time just to help family and friends, don't. Just cut a deal with another realtor. That would be be like Uncle Al deciding, oh, hey, I'm going to, you know, go become a part-time heart surgeon. Um, Oh, you're having heart palpitations? Come on over here to my part-time bench. No. You would never hire someone part-time for something as important as that. Yeah. So. But a lot of people we come across both in coaching and in BNI, which is Business Networking International, uh, the networking group we're in, is you have to be able to explain to people what you do. You do. And being able to um, quickly share your unique value proposition mm-hmm. without verbally puking all over people. I can't tell. I mean, I do a lot of networking events, as do you. You do, yes. And um, the, I joke around that I have my left pocket and my right pocket. And today I'm actually wearing a dress with pockets for this very reason. Because when I meet someone, their business card is either going to my left pocket or my right pocket. And you want to make sure that it's making it in my right pocket. Yes. Because if I'm swiping left on you, it means yeah. that I'm not going to want to follow up. And those are the people that just you meet and they instantly want to tell you all the reasons they're why they're so great at what they do and it there's nothing that's a greater turnoff than that or someone who can't even explain themselves out of a box what they do yeah first simple tip of the day is don't tell me what you when you meet me or trinity don't tell us what you do tell us the problem you solve that we need solved Mm -hmm. don't tell me you cut grass tell me that I give you an hour and a half to two hours of your week back. Yes. And then I would say, oh, how do you do that? And you say, I'm the ultimate uh-huh. lawn care guy. Yep. Because if you tell me you cut grass, I'm like, okay, well, I won't, I won't process that. But when you tell me you'll give me two hours a week back, now you have my attention. Mm-hmm. So that's what you want. Tell people the problem you solve. And you should go into business. Again, we're going to get into the why here in a few minutes of, why did you get into that business? A lot of times it's, I want to solve a problem with something. Yeah, and more often than not, that comes out of something either that you've experienced or something you had a bad mm-hmm. experience with. Um, another free tip of the day is just because you had a bad experience with something doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to do it better than that person that sucked at it. Ooh, and I good. see this all the time. I've talked more people out of getting into real estate than into it because people will go out and they'll see, you know, they have a bad experience with their agent and they think, well, this person totally jacked up this transaction. I could definitely do it better. Which if you've never sold anything in your life, why would you think that you'd want to jump into the hardest sales profession out there? So same thing. If you go to the, you know, to anything, Um, it's really important that you have some skill set that's going to lend itself to the business that you're looking to start. We, and we see this all the time and we struggle with this too, standing up in a group. Hey, I'm looking for anybody that is starting a business. Mm -hmm. And while that sounds kind of to the point, it doesn't Mm -hmm. motivate you to go, oh, that's right. Let me go through my mental Rolodex (laughs) of my 477 friends and see if any of them are starting a small business. Right. 
So anyway, so when you stand up, be able to do that. So now we have to tell people who are looking for that know small business owners. Like the other day I stood up and said, I'm looking for printers because they make business cards Mm -hmm. for new business owners. Right. Sometimes you just got to be that simple to break it down because we're all doing this when we network is to trigger somebody's mind to think, oh, I know somebody. Yeah. And it's hard. That's your reticular activator. Oh, don't God. <laughs> You're killing me. The, so the system. <laughs> one of the other things that uh, it, it You're gonna kill me out. Yeah, this. that brings us together, yet divides us very quickly, is her want to know detailed stuff and science and I love junk science. like that. And she Trinity sent me an email the other day. We were gonna do a presentation the other night and we didn't because of the weather, but that's fine. We'll get into that another day about why that turned out to be a good evening. And you sent me an email about reticular activator system. Right. Uh-huh. And once she explained it to me, I was fine with it, but right. I started reading the first paragraph. It's like, like rapid eye movement. <laughs> People out there that know this are cringing, cringing at you right now. Oh, I read the first but paragraph yeah. and I wanted nothing uh-huh. to do with that. But again, that's why we if get along so well. If you are interested in learning more about reticular activator, just tell them to email me and I will be happy to sit down with them and go into it because... I find it fascinating. Yes, you do. I do. And I enjoy the concept, but I'm not about yeah. to read seven so, pages on it. So, right. Yeah. But in a nutshell, it is the reason why we are alerted to things around us. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you're in a crowded room and there's 30 people and someone says, Mike, and you snap your head over, that's the part of your brain that's attuned to something that they're, that you're listening for. So, like, for instance, um, the best example I can give is I bought a car thinking that it was the coolest car ever and no one else had it. (laughs) I drive a Lincoln way before Matthew McConaughey made it cool. And I bought that car because I was like, ooh, this is something no one else has. And as soon as I pulled that sucker out of the parking lot, I swear, I park next to one, (laughs) same make, model, color, all the time. That's my reticular activator system. Now that I'm aware of the car that I drive, I see it all the time. And that's what we want to train in people. So when we're giving them our 60-second or telling them what we do, we're trying to get them to raise up their antenna, their flag, to be that salesperson for us. That's what we're trying to get them to do. So we're really helping them yeah. to raise up that antenna. Yeah. And a lot of times we, when we talk to people and work with people, we will tell them, think of yourself as the customer. What gets your attention? Because if it gets your attention when you're the customer, chances are it's going to get somebody else's attention. Right. And if it doesn't work for you, if you have it, one of my favorite examples, and we've all there's two examples on this. One is you're driving down the interstate, And you have about maybe five seconds to really read a billboard. And you've seen a billboard. I know you've all seen this. It's pretty cursive and colors and all that. looks great on a a screen, on a computer, Mm -hmm. on a table. On a a billboard at 65, 70 miles an hour, it doesn't work. Right. And the other thing, and you're going to laugh and you're going to thank me for this next time you're at a stoplight and a car pulls up next to you and they have a little door magnet on. Mm-hmm. And even right next to it, you can't read it because it's small letters and cursive and colors. Just kind of wave at them and go, let me give you a tip. It ain't working. Big black block letters. You made me just totally go on a tangent in my mind of a pet peeve <laughs> about people who have tiny bumper stickers because yeah. I always want to pull up right behind them yeah. so I can read it. Yeah. 
And I was just thinking, I'm going to make a bumper sticker that says, rear end me, I dare you. Yeah. <laughs> my husband's a lawyer. My wife's yeah. a lawyer. Yeah. But those are the things, though, when you're thinking about marketing and getting your message out, how simple is it to read? Now, you can have the place to have fun is the business card. Then you want something that's going to stand out. So if there are 20 business cards laying on the table and 19 of them are white with black letters and yours is blue with some cool stuff, that's a time you can do that. But not at 70 miles an hour on the interstate. Uh, So how do we get off reticular? What is it? Reticular activator system. Thank you. Okay. So uh, eyeball stuff. I knew it was eyeball (laughs) stuff. uh, Another thing when people start backstating into the what category, when people start a business is what There's risk in everything, folks. So let us tell you, it's a wonderful thing to do is have your own business. I call it stressful freedom. But there Mm -hmm. is plenty of risk in starting your own business. We're not going to kid anybody. The rewards are wonderful, but there's risk. What have you put at risk to start a business? Are you asking me? Are you asking them? I'm asking. Because I would love to know how our listeners feel about this because... Um, for me, we know that if anyone listened to us last week that I, or last episode or whatever it was, and I am getting married Yep. and one of the few people that I know that waited this long to get married because I really focused on putting my career first and that was a risk, Mm -hmm. right? Because what would, I mean, my girlfriends and I that waited and put our careers first were like, man, all these guys the good ones were taken or they've <laughs> had such messy things that they're now a freaking mess. So, yeah. um, so the pool pick farm was different. So sometimes the risk isn't even monetary. You might, when you're starting a business, you have to put time into it. Mm-hmm. So part of that risk is, are your friends and family on board with the fact that you might not be around the same way that you were? Yeah. It's going to take a lot of extra man hours to get you enough ramp up so that, you earn that freedom. And most of the time when people fail in small business, it's because they took their freedom too soon. And I I have found that it can tax a family relationship. Mm -hmm. It can tax the bank account. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you're putting your, I don't want to call it mental health because I don't want to, I just don't want to go there on that. But it can can cause you to ask yourself, why in the world did I get into that? Uh, On a number of times, especially when you're three weeks in and the phone hadn't rung. So there's a lot of things to put at risk. And if you, and I know one of the things that's made you such a good small business owner is you've plotted all this out. Is you know, you have a plan. You don't know how it's going to go because life happens. Right. But there's a plan. Having a plan and then also knowing that no plan survives contact with the enemy. So if you have a plan, know that that plan is going to change. Same thing. And I'm using so many wedding examples because it's tick the talk, tick tock, tick tock (laughs) clock is is, uh, counting down now to the big day. But with the wedding, I know that I can have it all planned out Mm. and something is going to blow up. And it's all about how I respond to that, that either makes the day great or it could ruin it for me. And that's all same thing when you're starting a small business, when you're working towards a plan, know that that plan is never going to look or work out exactly as it is on paper, ever. No, it is not. And maybe there's an outlier of one or two people in the course of history that Mm. it did, because there's always an outlier. But for the most part, it's going to look different. Yeah. But there's, again, we recommend... If you, if and when you start your own business or even a side hustle, don't quit your day job. Don't give up your benefits. I always tell people, 
And this is where I disagree with you. I tell people you have to go all in. So there's definitely two two schools of thought there. But from my experience, if people don't burn the safety net or burn the ship behind them, Mm -hmm. then they're never quite motivated enough to, um, to just go for it. That's why one of my favorite recruiting questions was, what are you going to do when this doesn't work out or if this doesn't work out? And I would know within an instant um, when people would say, oh, well, if this doesn't work out, then I'm going to go back to IT or I'm going to. And I was like, well, you've already come up with your your other plan. They're already planning to fail. You're already talking about retirement. So therefore, yes. Yeah. So so that. I think that you can start a side hustle, mm-hmm. um, but if you're really going to go into something, you need to have a plan of yeah. when you're going to cut the tie and go at it full steam. And I, I, if most people have 15 hours a week mm-hmm. that they probably waste, we're all guilty. Of that. Oh yeah, Netflix. If you yeah, really <laughs> a day, yeah. <laughs> a day. If you have, if you give 15 hours a week for 90 days, mm-hmm. just putting everything down on paper, planning it out, trying it. Let's say you yeah. wanted to make business. Let's, let's say you want to make a, a wedding cakes. Let's stick right. with a the wedding theme. Make one for a friend, mm-hmm. whether they're getting married or not. Let them try it, taste it, have some friends over and all that. And that's how you get your feedback. Right. And then you'll learn a couple things. One is, is your product any good? Mm-hmm. And two is, okay, what did this process take? To make that cake, I had to buy. Let's see, it cost me sixty-two dollars in supplies. Right. Took me seven hours. Mm-hmm. I had to use one oven. Could have used a second. Right. One of my kids knocked off the knocked the flour bowl over something like that. So uh, that's what that's what I I like to at least. And I guess that's where the commonality is in all this is plan it before you do it. Yeah, and you can start a, a side hustle. If you know that there's a timeline for when you transition that yeah. into a full hustle. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 But for the most part, if you're starting something, it's really hard to get enough traction if you don't have 40 hours or so a week to to really put your energy into it. And, and an, another thing we're going to talk about uh, on the show today is the why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Why and actually people, going back, I'm sure people are sitting here going, but you have a full-time real estate business, and you're doing this part-time. Mm-hmm. I'm doing both at the same time, so I'm double-dipping. And if you can double-dip, that's yeah. a whole other topic, then I'm all for it because it's um, it's a very interesting strategy. I've been studying it a bit, and it's working out really nicely. So, And we can talk to people about, and we we will have mm-hmm. a, an upcoming show on multiple, because the way I look at it is multiple, multiple streams, streams of, of revenue. Yeah. 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 That's what mm-hmm. I see what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm expanding my brand. Yeah, but you're, you're yeah. covering each where you don't have to rely on one. So if all of a sudden the market dumps Monday, well, right. whatever day this is, the market dumps yeah. on Monday, and all of a sudden, people decide, oh, I can't afford to sell a house because I just lost my job. I can't buy a house. Mm-hmm. And now your listings go from 21 to 4. Right. And you've got a team to support. Mm-hmm. You've got you yep. to support, stuff like that. So, no, I, I like the fact that you're diversified. Yeah. That's when you explain that to me. That's all I hear is like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Because oh, well, how many people wouldn't want two lines of income? This is so oh, true. Oh, yeah. Uh... <clears throat> Think even if you had an extra 1000 a month, what would you do with it? 
what problems it was speaking of problems it would solve yeah Mm -hmm. but you could pay off a college debt you could do any number of things you put it back into the business you could do whatever but imagine if you just had a thousand bucks a month more so one of the first questions we asked and trinity brought this up earlier about um the why why people do stuff and that Mm -hmm. tells us a lot about people is there and there's a big difference when they say oh i've always wanted to do this like with me with the podcasting i've always wanted just to talk and interview and we've heard from other people yeah i did research and they said this is the best business to start Mm -hmm. Ooh, yeah behind the eight ball already yeah (laughs) um and really delving into what is your transferable skill Mm -hmm. that you're bringing to this business because if you have somebody and they're a really great baker one of my favorite books is The E-Myth Revisited, because if you are a really good craftsman, can you make that transition into being a business owner? Yes. Like, if you're really yeah. great at baking cakes, it might not be in your best interest to go out and try to open your own bakery if you're never going to be good at running an actual business. But if you're willing to invest or bring on people that can do that aspect mm. for you, and then you remain the primary baker then then it can work. Yeah, and we talked about that last show on who to partner with if right. you do it all and, yes. and and backfill those skills you either don't want to do or mm-hmm. don't know how. But just from day one, admit you don't want to do that or you're horrible at it. Right. And life's going to be a whole lot easier once you do that. And that does not make you less of a person. No. If you say, I hate doing books uh-huh. or I hate cutting grass, but I have a lawn care company, it doesn't matter. Just acknowledge that and then find people that do it well. People are so afraid to admit a fault or a mistake yes. or a, something they messed up. Why? It makes you human. We've all done it. And I say this all the time. Anybody that tells you, I've started eight businesses and they were all home runs, they're lying. Right. They're lying to your face because it's not happened. Or they have not yet reached their full potential because failure is the best teacher. I'm a, a lot of my analogies are sports-related because I grew mm-hmm. up uh, playing sports, coaching my boys when they were growing up. And I tell people all the time, you can't learn how to win till you learn how to lose. I learned more from a business coach that started a business and on a scale of one to 10, grew it to a four mm-hmm. and lost it all. Started again. Now they're at eight. Okay. You could teach me something. Right. But if you started at eight, if you had 500,000 to start a business and I don't, I'm not going to learn a lot. Right. I've learned a couple of, you know, processes, a little tweaks here and there, maybe a nugget or two, but I'm, I'm going to learn from you if you've blown up a business for whatever reason, because we all do. We've all done that. Nothing's ever 100%. It's just, oh, deals me on that when people just admit that. Why do we think we can help people when we're looking to start a business? I want to do this, and here's why I think I can help people. Why do you think you can help people to buy and sell houses? All that's going through my head is, I'm bossy. <laughs> <laughs> But it works. It does. You I was told <laughs> since I was little that I was super bossy. And you, I took that and leaned into it. And now I get no. to help. I've le- Obviously, I've taken a lot of classes and training and self-introspection to figure out how to not be bossy. But to use that skill yep. set of liking to take charge of things and turning it into something that pays me money. Can you tell, you told us a story about a client of yours the other day about a certain rug. I mean, I can tell it in generalities. Yes. Okay, but do that because it makes, it's that's to the yeah. point. Yeah. Well, and I'm not sure what point you're getting at, but my biggest takeaway from that conversation was I let the client vent yeah. and didn't try to push back or 
any of these things, but asserted myself as the expert in the situation and gave her one little example of why, you know, what she needed to be thinking about. Mm. And then at the end, she was like, okay, I'll remove the rug. But that's the problem you solved. Yes. Is how quick, how quickly can I sell this house at the price I want? Right. And I just have, and they were minor things, people. Trust me, they were minor things. You know, I can say probably most people put in that situation would have either tried to, um, you cannot fight somebody who is coming at you from an emotional state with logic. So the best thing I could do is just let her get out her emotion, her frustration, because selling a house is a stressful situation. So at the end I was like, does how, you know, I asked her straight up, like, how does your stress feel? Do you feel better getting that out? And she was like, yeah, I do. So basically what I need to do is get rid of the couch and the rug. Yep. And so, <laughs> yeah. but our, our gut instinct is to want to go in and fix it. Right. Yeah. And that's where learning not to be bossy, but to, um, put some skills that I've learned from awesome coaches and training along the way into practice. And when you're telling us that story yesterday, my takeaway from that was, that's the you solve the problem for that client because mm-hmm. they had a difference of opinion mm-hmm. and they were going to fight you on it. Mm-hmm. And they learned that okay, that probably does make sense because the more I verbalize it, the more I'm hearing myself say right. that. Yes, it's just like with <laughs> with kids, they are going to push your buttons oh, until yeah. they find out that you're. They want to know what the limit is, and yeah. of course, if we're humans, we want the path of least resistance. And it's up to us to persevere through that because if you, you know, roll over and belly up to everything that your client pushes and you were talking about uh, this morning, we were talking, I was talking with one of my business uh, associates that I network with Hmm. every other week. And one of his independent contractors is um, telling him, I need to make money. I need to make money. Like, he's just like, you know, I've got a family to feed and I want to make money, but he's undercutting every deal that he's quoting out. And he's trying to win these deals based off of discounting his price instead of providing value. And so ultimately, what's he doing? He's spinning his wheels, yeah. He's spinning his wheels, and he's doing all this work for actually less money. So he's focusing on the wrong piece of the puzzle to try to get his income up. I don't even know where I was going with that. But but your point is right, though. Here's one of the free tips for today is if you are the lowest priced, and we all fall victim Mm -hmm. to this when you start a business, we've all done it, I have to get a client. Mm -hmm. So if everybody, if I would normally charge $100, I'm going to charge $72. Not going to make a lot of money, but I need a client. And we do kind of stupid things to get new clients, and we're all guilty of that, and you probably will do that one day as well. But if you can fight that, fight that. Because once you become the lowest-priced person in your industry, in your market, you will be perceived that way. And your point, Trinity, is perfect. Tell them, I charge a hundred. They'll say, well, everybody else or so-and-so is charging 91 or 92 bucks. Mm-hmm. And your only response is, here's the value I give you for that hundred dollars. Right. Tell them what they're getting for it. And again, you as the consumer, think about things mm-hmm. you buy. You, what, what will you pay extra for? Everybody's different, but why do you pay extra for mm-hmm. something? Because you're getting value for it. Right. Yeah, and I wouldn't even consider it paying extra for something. I'm getting exactly what, I mean, going back to being a little nerdy, everything around us is supply and demand. It's basic economics. People are willing to pay for 
what they perceive their th- what they're getting back needs to be worth more to them than mm-hmm. the money that's going out. Yeah. And as long as they feel that that value is there, they'll pay it all day long. Yeah. And one of the things we're doing again, you're on the journey with us here because we are we have years of experience doing this, but we're just four or five months in mm-hmm. to being official business coaches. Yeah, and having this. And we are searching for a title sponsor. And while this is going on, we are pitching people, but we're showing them the value of what right. they're going to get. Not, yeah. oh, well, you're probably just, we're going to show them. We're, if we charge X amount of dollars, we're going to give them X amount of dollars plus a percentage mm-hmm. of over and above of what they're going to get. We're going to yep. under-promise and over-deliver. Yep. And you need to do that with your business as well. Mm-hmm. Show them why. You don't have, And if you want to be the highest price, hey, be the highest price. If you want to be somewhere in the middle, it's probably the best place to live. But yep. tell them what they're getting from you. Right. But and again, resist it. <laughs> resist cutting your prices to get your first client because we've all done it. Yes. Now, you can't cut uh, your fee. Well, you can cut your fees selling or buying a house, right? When you're representing a client to a point. Uh, so at my firm, we yeah. don't because okay. we per, we're very focused on. I mean, that's why our days on market has been the historically yeah. the lowest. Humble brag, real quick yeah, for Hunter Ray. Uh-huh, yeah, um, no, I love love no, my tell real estate me. company. Oh, yeah. tell you average why? days on the market. Oh, um, we've been under thirty days on market for the last eight years. So mm. even when the economy was in the shitter, but again, that goes back to. I consult with my clients. So even though I adore my client, she is, and I told her, I said, you know, I really care about you and your husband and it would be a disservice to you for me to tell you that you can just leave this rug and this couch Mm -hmm. because that's not going to get them the result they want so yeah is she a little mad at me in the meantime Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day she's going to write me the best testimonial she's going to be so Mm -hmm. happy and it's just a matter of knowing that you're in the driver's seat I'm not going to discount. If somebody wants a discount agent, they can go off and work with them. I have plenty of clients. I love my clients. I get referred by them. So that's not, that's not my preferred way of getting business. And same thing with you, with, um, you know, (laughs) Mike has a pest control company that he just sold. And I've Mm -hmm. referred a lot of my clients over. And quite honestly, I have no idea how much it costs. I refer people because I know that they're going to get the best quality service, not because they're going to get the cheapest price. Because I'm sure there's somebody out there in the realm that would do it for cheaper. Oh, yeah. Oh, we could under... Well, any kind of transactional business, if Mm -hmm. you have one, we can undercut each other all day long. I could... You and I, if you had a pest control company and I had one and somebody wanted a mosquito spray for their Mm -hmm. yard... Uh, half an acre cost probably 75 bucks. And if I really wanted the business, I could knock on the door. Well, I'll do it for 50. Yeah. Yeah. We could undercut each other. But again, you're telling the market, this is what my services are worth. Mm -hmm. And we all, we all fell for that when we first started the company. (laughs) Uh, why do people start a business? Why, why, why? What's, what do you want to hear from them when you're coaching them? So many different reasons why people start business. I think when you are really looking into why you're starting a business, looking at the reasons that people shouldn't. So not to sound negative, but Mm -hmm. when people tell me the very first thing out of their mouth is I want freedom, that to me means that their head is not in the right place. Because if your first (laughs) instinct is freedom, your first instinct should be because I'm all about juju and what you put out in the universe. And if you're putting out I want freedom, guess what you're going to get? 
freedom. But yeah. that freedom's going to come at the price of cost of you're not making any money. Unemployment. So <laughs> instead, if somebody comes to me and they say, I want to grow a business that within five years I'm working half the amount of hours and making three times more money than I am, yeah. that's the person that I can coach. The person that comes to me and says, well, I want to be able to be free and make all this freedom. Well, your mind's not in the right place. But you're going to attract freedom, yeah. but you're not going to attract any clients or any business. Yep. And that is a key differentiator and putting your why out into the universe is so important because what you put out there is what's exactly going to come back. Yeah. Because my number one thing is flexibility. Yes. I love the flexibility. So if I want to take, and again, if I want to take Friday off, I can, Mm -hmm. but you need to know that your pipeline is going to be four days full instead of five days full if you take Friday off. Well, and you defined, you've clearly defined what that flexibility means Mm -hmm. to you because the flexibility to you isn't just, oh, I'm going to be flexible. It's that I want to make enough money that I'm not tied down to something Mm -hmm. where I can now just jet off and I can go spend weekends with Oliver and if something comes up and he needs you to babysit or then you have that flexibility to be able to do that. Yes. And we set a goal of where we want to be with our business Mm -hmm. and within a certain time period, which is also really important because your why has to be backed with a plan. Yeah. So you have a why. Yeah. And you don't have a a plan to execute on it and get there, then you're just going to be spinning your wheels. Yeah. And that's the first thing we ask everybody before they come to us, go Mm -hmm. to somebody else. It doesn't matter. But answer that question for yourself. The why am I doing this? Yes. And believe me, but you got to be honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it needs to be genuine. Yes. Because people that have a genuine um, reason for why they're starting something attract they attract greatness. Yes. And you can quickly sniff out the people that are doing something just because someone told them that they should do it or um, they feel like, well, that's what, you know, I'm supposed to do. Well, I went and got this degree and now Mm. I'm supposed to be in this. I can't tell you how many of my friends have law Uh, degrees and they're like, well, that was the most expensive waste of time ever. And yeah, because I have a degree yeah. in broadcasting. My last paycheck came from a pest control company. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, and I have didn't a, see that one coming. I have a communication degree, so basically, it's a degree in bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. Yeah. Not so. to discount. I love Aquinas College. Fantastic liberal arts yeah. education. That Tai Chi class definitely got me to where I'm at today. <laughs> <laughs> but we always want to hear that because that tells us a lot about you. So when we sit down and work with you, we because we need to understand you. We're never going to put you in a box. Yeah. And say you have to start this business you have to start this way mm-hmm. it's the only way we coach not a chance and you know what i'm really looking forward to with our um, new clients that are coming on board is somebody wowing me with a why i've never heard yeah because that will those are the ones that you're like ooh, something new something mm-hmm. exciting and that gets that gets me going yeah. and if you will go to wired to change.com with the number two check us out we'll see you next week on our podcast wired to change